to Yes Another Podcast on the Real Fun DC app. And as always, you email us at yesanotherpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter at Yes Another Pod, and on IG, Yes Another Podcast. Well, episode 96. We're very, we're very close to episode 100. Very close. It, isn't that right, Darius? Getting closer and closer to the big 100. We got a. Uh... Uh, we we got we got to hash out some plans, man. We got some some big things that we need to do for that. We yeah, just, we de- that can't just be any other episode. We have it's to not a big extravaganza. It's not going to be any other episode. That one I can promise you because that one also is the season finale, so of uh, season five. So it definitely is going to be a lot bigger, and probably an episode that's a lot different from our normal episodes. So you know, uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, this is episode ninety six. How you been, been Darius? Because I haven't seen you in like a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. I think well, our last episode was the episode we did with Nikki Nellis. That was a friend. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic episode. Yeah. Shout out to Nikki. Friend, our good friend from Industry Night um, with Nikki Nellis, which comes on before us on the Real Fun DC app. So we, uh, again, want to thank her for coming by on the show. And then she uh, proceeded to have us on her show. Which was awesome too. So um, yes, <laughs> haven't had a chance to hear us make a guest appearance on another podcast, which would be Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Uh, definitely tune in. Uh, her that episode is available on demand on the Real Fun DC app to hear as well. So uh, that was cool just to be able to kind of uh, introduce our podcast and how we talk about or how we handle doing a podcast. Uh, with to a different audience, you know, an audience that listens to to, to her show, talking about food and do-it-yourself home stuff and uh, being out in the city in the nightlife. That's kind of what uh, Industry Night goes into, and it's really cool for her to have us part of the show. But uh, but yeah, since then, that was the last time I saw you. Um, shoot, I mean, it, since then, the world has been opening back up, Carlos. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, uh, happy belated birthday. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, yesterday was my birthday. As of this recording, yesterday was my birthday. Uh, so I appreciate that. I'm uh, unfortunately one year older. <laughs> I don't know well, about one year wiser, but one year older, yes. <laughs> yeah, one, one year closer to AARP. Yeah, there you go. See, that's yeah. the way I look at it. Because <laughs> I definitely, I'm definitely <laughs> knocking on that door. <laughs> like, boy, oh boy. Uh, go ahead and start sending me the letters in the mail, AARP. I'll be ready for you soon. Yeah, you know, I, I, there, was, there was a letter I got at my mom's house. Um, I forget what it was from, but it was like something for people who are like, 35 and up and i was kind of offended because it was like an older it was like an older lady on like the uh, on like the magazine and it had my name on it i took a, i took such offense to that I'm like geez i'm not you know i'm in my late 30s i'm not like, like in my late 40s like come on don't send this to like maybe i'm like 48 they're just getting you mentally ready that's all it is I, I guess i guess but um but man i took uh my second uh pfizer shot um actually yesterday and boy, when I tell you, uh, boy, it was a doozy. You know, I, I've been I've been going through it, so you know, you know, the headaches and this, the the body aches, and um, yeah, it's 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 something. Well, okay, so tell me about your experience in getting. Let's go back to the first shot. Let's just talk about your experience. Where where'd you go? How how was the process? Was it quick and easy and, and seamless, or did it did they give you a hard time? Just talk about that a little bit. All right. So, first of all, and then I'll and then I'll give mine because we've also I also have gotten both shots as well. So I'll say this. Um, okay, I was getting hounded by my fam um, for just not like making an appointment on time. So like my brother, shout out to him, who is a avid Yap supporter, uh, Big. Uh, he was like, hey, and then he texted me like one morning, like, hey, Carlos, um, they're doing free walk-ups at McGurney College, Germantown campus. You should probably, you should go between like 10 and like two. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go, whatever. So like I was doing some work, you know, doing some stuff for work. And I was like, all right, let me um, head up there around 12. And so when I went up there, um, it was like heavy security. I went up. To, um, to register, it out fairly easy. Uh, gave you know, showed my ID and gave a few, some answers, some questions, um, and then like it's kind of walk in there. You know, they check your temperature, uh, they gave you a piece of paper, um, 
and you gotta go through a couple of different stations. But um, but ultimately, yeah, got into this big old, it felt like it was the gym, but like all these different um, tables of people who are uh, distributing the vaccine. And uh, yeah, took the first vaccine, felt fine. I think I had like a light headache that day. Uh, they have you like in a little waiting room every for like 15 minutes, because if you're allergic to the vaccine, I think within the 15, those first 15 minutes, you will, you'll know if you have some type of reaction. So I got in that waiting room and I went about my business. And so I was fine, you know, um, I was like, all right, that's step one. And so uh, yesterday uh, I was scheduled to come back and I went the same thing, you know, I registered. This time it wasn't a free walk. You had to actually set up the appointment. So I, I made a chore to do an early appointment. Uh, same same ordeal, took the shot, uh, came home, was doing some work, but by, let's say, by, let's say 3 p.m., I started to feel a little tired and I started to have a little bit of a headache. And so, uh, you know, I finished my work and then, you know, I tried to get some sleep, didn't sleep well. I was doing a little bit of tossing and turning. Body started to ache a little bit, but, you know, I came, I came home. I mean, I, I did. I went to work for a little bit, but I just felt just like sluggish and just, you know, just out of it the entire day. I slept most of the day today. Um, yeah. Still have a headache, you know. Don't have no fever. Don't have like no temperature or anything like that. But just, you know, just, you know, my arm where I got got the uh, shot that hurts, and my hand was to say on the same arm. It's like it was like, like I shot. I got my shot in the uh, left arm. And so my, my left palm kind of hurts also. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's what I've been experiencing. So um, I did read up on something real quick. Uh, I did read up on something about like, I guess your heart rate will go up a little bit also. Uh, some, some people, and so like, you know, I've kind of been monitoring that as well. So um, it's been it's been interesting. My yeah. friend hit me, my friend, she hit me up and she was like, hey, because um, um, she's not, she's choosing not to be vaccinated. Which is fine, um, but she was like, hey, she saw a video where apparently when you get vaccinated, if you put like a quarter or like some keys on your arm, it sticks. And so I just said, all right, well, let me see if I can find a quarter. And I put it on my shoulder, right, on my arm, and like I was moving around and it stuck. I was like, <laughs> she was like, see, they put the chip in your arm, Carlos. You know, you're not property of the U.S. government. I'm like, oh, well, call me cyborg if, <laughs> if that's the case, you know what? But. Um, Outside of that, you know, I mean, like I said, I just need to get some more rest, drink some more fluids and go from there. Yeah, I think there was another video or it was either a video or a series of photos that was floating around on the Internet. Of, I guess somebody had, I don't, I don't know what you call it. It was some sort of metal detector of some sort, but it was like it was like in handheld form. It wasn't like the, the one that you see in cartoons when they're on the beach. <laughs> you can scan in a metal detector it wasn't that it was some sort of like handheld metal detector or like metal reader and uh yeah somebody put it on the arm of where they got the shot and you know were saying oh this is this is uh yeah they put a chip in your arm blah, blah, blah. but you know a lot of people were trying to disprove it saying that they didn't properly put it in the spot where they were supposed to this that and the other regardless you know it's it, there's always been controversy and yeah. when it comes to this. It is what it is. If you choose to get vaccinated, you do. Cool. If you choose, if you choose not to, you don't. Oh, well, whatever. Life goes yeah. on. There's no that, need for anybody to fight about it. Let's all get yeah. along and continue about our lives. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> honestly, that's all I care about at this point. Yeah. You know, oh, my, my friend, she was really hyped. She, like, she, she was like, I'm just glad. I was like, I'm, I just made your day dinner. And she was like, yes. She said she was so happy that to prove, you know, she wanted, actually, she wanted me to take a picture of it and like uh, record it. And I was like, well, let me uh, first take a shower. Cause I was like, all right, I tried it a few times and like I, the quarter did stick to me, but also I'm not sure because if my skin was sticky or oily. So I was like, all right, let me, so I was like, let me first, let me please take a shower and, and see if it works the next time around. But like, ultimately um, I have a friend in college who took the, um, Pfizer. You took Pfizer? Uh, correct, yes. Okay. So yeah, and, and they were like saying the same thing where they, they had like, you know, experiencing a lot of headache and like just like, sluggish and, and um and been sleeping all day so you know everything for the most part my symptoms or, or, or the side effects have been similar to other people's side effects yeah it's it's kind of it's 
it's funny because a lot of people have different reactions or some may not have reactions at all <laughs> to the vaccine. Now, I go back to I took the I took a flu vaccine shot back in December. Um, and that was, you know, obviously the the main thing that came with it was arm pain. But they do warn you that you could have flu-like symptoms from taking the flu, <laughs> from taking the flu vaccine. Uh, I never ended up having any flu-like symptoms from it. I just had the arm pain for like about a day or two. Um, as far as the COVID vaccine, uh, Pfizer is what I got, and I registered through the state of Maryland's like uh, mass vaccine vaccination site uh, kind of thing. And once I I registered on, let's say like a, I want to say I registered on like a Tuesday and I got uh, responses by that Thursday of different options of where I could go. And the spot I ended up choosing was the Six Flags America vaccination site. Uh, Cause Six Flags is pretty close to where I live. I'm like 15, 20 minutes away from it. So I went up there. It was, I guess this is well over a month ago now for my first shot. And it was kind of surreal because you, you pull up to, I guess this is the the secondary parking lot at Six Flags where they have everything set up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and you pull up and, I mean, it looks like something out of like a military quarantine zone kind of film. <laughs> Whereas there's just these big white tents everywhere. There's cars in lines, you know, weaving through cones and military yep. officers <laughs> directing them where to go and, you know, do you have an appointment or are you doing a walk up? And yeah, it was, it was really kind of a unreal bizarre scene to see uh but with that it was extremely organized it couldn't have been much quicker than it was i i was my appointment was supposed to be 8 30 a.m that morning i got there at 8 15 i was done with my shot by 8 35 you know so yeah, i yeah. spent roughly 20 minutes there and then you know like you said they have you wait in a waiting area um where And then they have you wait in a waiting area where uh, you're still in your car in this case. This is not a walk-in place. This is basically a drive-through vaccination site. So you drive through into this big white tent. They tell you to roll your window down. They ask you a couple questions. They uh, give you the, the, the vaccination card. They give you the shot right there in your car. And then because I have allergies outside of, because I have food allergies and things like that, they told me I had to wait 30 minutes in the waiting area. So that kind of stuff, but it was 30 minutes spent in my air conditioned car with my cell phone in my hand. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, at least you, yeah, that's, that's actually cool. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're sitting in the car instead of sitting in some, you know, some office somewhere or whatever, uh, in some uncomfortable chair. Uh, so yeah, once you, once you wait the 30 minutes, you're, you're free to go after the 30 minutes, as long as you didn't react to anything. And, and yeah, the, the rest of that day after the first shot and the next day, it was just a lot of arm pain uh some slight fatigue but nothing really serious and then the same thing for the second shot it was pretty much the same same process um just three weeks later uh and for me after the second shot while i did have the arm pain i didn't have a lot of these other symptoms that a lot of other people said they had um i did have some slight headaches i had a slight fever but uh and, and i did have some body aches but aside from that it didn't put me down as a lot of other people say you know a lot of other people say oh man it just, just knocked me out for the whole day and oh i had uh, a <laughs> sore throat and coughing and sneezing i didn't have any of that and you know i i hear that from some people that they didn't have any reactions i hear that from other people where they did so i don't know it's crazy how it works where some people it affects some people it doesn't but uh yeah that's again i just go back to how bizarre it was seeing all the tents set up and all the cars there but at the same time how organized it was and and um you know it's a good it was a good process i, I you know salute to the state of maryland for how they were able to have that all organized and and ready to go for everyone well Darius, as you know episode 100 will be our final episode of the season and then we'll be in the off season and speaking of off season J. Cole came out with an album entitled The Off Season. What did you hear that album? And um wait, first of all, are you a J. Cole fan? First of all, well, first of all, from my perspective, that was a hell of a segue. Second of all, <laughs> uh, am I a J. Cole fan? I know. <laughs> am, am I a J. Cole fan is a deep question. 
because apparently it means a lot to be a J. Cole fan. So what I will say is that, yes, I do like J. Cole. Am I a J. Cole fan, though? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question because it's, it, like, like I said, it, it apparently means a whole other thing to be a J. Cole fan. And I don't know if I want to be involved in any of those beefs and wars for declaring myself a J. Cole fan. But I do like his, I do like his music. I, I, you know, back to Forest Hill Drive and all that. I like his music. I think he makes good songs that can be relatable to generic Joe Schmoes like myself. But uh, am I, am I a J. Cole fan? I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. So, uh, so I have a question for you. So you, you touched on something. If you're a J. Cole fan, what does it mean to be a J. Cole fan? In your in your opinion, so not to put you on, not to not to put you on the spot, but I'm I'm just curious. See, this, this is this is what I'm not sure. I so I I'm in a I'm in a Discord chat, a group chat uh, full of a bunch of guys from my my Madden league. You know, I run a Madden league. People that may listen or may not listen might not know that I run a Madden league. So this, this is a group chat full of like you know thirty to forty plus uh, plus of us who. Um, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, different cities, different states, whatever. And J. Cole has often been a highly debated music artist in our group chat. We have, you know, we have like separate channels in our chat. And one of them is a shop talk chat where, you know, usually I talk about music, women, things like that, movies, TV shows, whatever. And whenever J. Cole comes up in that chat, it gets really heated. There's like there's like a group of people who think that J. Cole is just trash and he's just like some teeny bopper uh, uh, rapper who has some good beats and people just like him because of that. And then there's like a hardcore, like dedicated J. Cole fan base group that you can't tell them that J. Cole isn't the, the, the hottest thing walking right now. You can't tell them that <laughs> J. Cole is... Uh, not as good as Kendrick or anything of that sort. So, so that's that's why I like. I don't know. I I, I don't get involved in the argument. I just kind of sit back and watch it. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I like a couple of J Cole songs, but I don't know if I would ride or die for him either. You know what I mean? It it, it just it's 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 so weird. And I I feel like I don't see that with very many artists, especially somebody who I don't feel like J Cole was polarizing by any means. I can understand if it's say like a an Eminem, a Dr. Dre, a, a, a Snoop Dogg, a Jay-Z, those are polarizing figures in the in the music industry. I, I just don't view J. Cole as somebody polarizing to kind of have that stance that it seems like people have on him. So, so that's where that's where I'm trying to uh, that's where I stand. I just I just kind of don't know. You know, I don't I don't know where <laughs> what it means to be a J. Cole fan and how hard you got to ride or die for him. And for what? Uh, so, all right. And you may, I get, I get what you're saying. Because J. Cole, and this is, I, I get what you're saying. Because there is a fan base that is really much, I mean, their stance for J. Cole. J. Cole can do no wrong. I always hear, like, J. Cole had, like, an album that went platinum without any features. Well, features are good. You know, nothing wrong with features. But it's also yeah. impressive to, to go, you know, have a hot album and have no features. And that's um, Force Field Drive. My first time hearing J. Cole was Friday Night Lights, the mixtape he came mm-hmm. out with. Um, and I think I was still, I think I was still in college when that album came out. I think I was, I think I was at Towson. And so, and my, but my best friend, I think he, he's the one who hit me up, um, put me hip, got me onto J. Cole. And so yeah, I heard that album, I was like, all right, you know, um, it wasn't bad. You know, I realized mixtapes are different than like, you know, actual, EPs and all that stuff and LPs. And so you, you get the, you get all kinds of beats and you use any beat you want for the most part and you know it goes. That's how I felt I mean around when I learned about J. Cole and at the same time I basically learned about Drake. And like uh So Far Gone was like probably still probably my favorite album from um, Drake. Uh but with J. Cole, I like him a lot. I do, but I'm not a super fan. So Force Hill Drive, I bought that album. As a matter of fact, I bought Force Hill Drive and To Pimp a Butterfly around the same time period. I think they came out around the same around the same year. 
And I just remember really wanting to enjoy and really wanted to like Forest Hill Drive. And Forest Hill Drive wasn't bad. They had some songs that I really liked. You know, I like Wet Dreams. I like, um, Wet Dreams was very relatable, actually. Um, let me pull this. Uh, I like Wet Dreams. I liked a few other um, tracks off that album. Um, I like, I love No Role Models. No Role Models is probably one of my favorite um, mm -hmm. tracks on that, on that particular album. Um, he also came out, what's the other album he had? Um, it wasn't called Illuminati. It was called, uh, but he had another album that came out. I think Crooked Smile was on that album. But I just, for some reason, like the, his, his body of work, he's great lyrically. And I've seen him live because there was a girl. Born, I used to, um, born Center, by the way. Is thank you. Yeah, Born Center. I thought Born Center was good too, but again, with Born Center, but with Born, with Born Center and Force Hill Drive, they're like certain songs that I like, but like the entire album I was in love with. So, on the flip side, with Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly," I loved every song on that album, and I thoroughly enjoyed playing that in my car. With J Cole. That's not what I was getting. It's like there'll be a couple of songs I like, but then like when it comes to like the whole album, I just wouldn't wouldn't be rocking with it. With this one, the off season, I have to say, I really enjoyed the off season. Like every song, I enjoyed. And he, I mean, he still uh, lyrically, he's you know, he's still you know, he's never been about his lyrics. His lyrics have always been on like top notch. But like, I just feel like the body of like the production of his albums have kind of you know, left a lot more to be desired. But with the off season, man, I really enjoyed the off season. Um, I love 95 South. I, my favorite, my favorite joint on it is uh, Applying Pressure. That's, that's play a simple, my favorite, my favorite joint on that bad boy. There was a next lot of, uh, there was next a lot of memes the next day after the album came out. Yes, where like, where like football teams or other sports sports franchises where they would put yeah. up some kind of photo and yeah, they would tag it applying pressure. Like, yeah, I, it's like I'm like okay, guys. Also, yeah, also, I realized with a lot of those sports teams, you'd be surprised who are running those social media accounts. You'll be surprised, you know. Um, I'm a big a fan of everybody that runs all the DC sports twitters. They do a great job. All, all, all four of them, the Caps, the Wizards, the football team, and the Nationals all have, whoever their social media folks are, those those people need to get paid more than they already do. <laughs> there you go. Uh, ring an endorsement from my man, Darius. Um, but yeah, Applying Pressure, the song Pride is very good. Um, there's like, I think every, like, by the way, the album's not that long. The album's like maybe, the album as a whole is maybe like, Maybe twenty five minutes, hmm. damn. As a whole, because I mean, because I mean, really it's like, yeah, because I mean, there's some songs like maybe two minutes songs. But again, I, I like the fact that, and I noticed this that Kanye did this with his last album where he kept them kind of short, like the tracks. And like you don't have to be, you know, spinning bars for like four minutes or whatever to like prove your point. I kind of like the fact that it's condensed and like you get to the point and like you in and out, you know. And so, I really like that album. I think that's his. I think that's this is part of the offseason part of his best work up to date, you know. And so um I know there were some people, you know, our people from uh, keep that same energy. I know they were talking a while back, like, is this considered a classic? How do you feel about the album? Um, I won't say it's a classic, but I think it's his I think it is his best um work to to date. Um I do it's just again like he has good songs, like even with um I think what's the song, the middle child song that came out with a couple of years ago. Like he would come out with some good singles, um, or Lost Idol, Fallen Idols. Mm -hmm. I think that song about like Kanye or just you know just uh, like he comes out with good like singles. It just like you want to have all that body of work come together 
to have a fantastic album. And that's what he lacked the last couple of years. But, and I know the people who are J. Cole fans, because those people are also, quote unquote, I don't like using this word, Uh-oh. woke. <laughs> you did it. You said it. You said the word. We need to add like some sirens, like you know, hot. We need to, we need to add sirens to like you know certain keywords. Uh, I might have to, might have to do, probably do that in post because that's that's a that's a keyword that's a a keyword, you know, hot button word woke. But I know a lot of people who were about that life, and so and like he was doing like the whole Ferguson thing. He was out there. He was, you know, you know, he was in there doing the protests and all that stuff. And so I can see where people are gravitating him. So, um, also, apparently he's playing basketball in the um, African NBA. Uh, in, this is true. Plays in, in, for the, w- the Patriots of Rwanda. You know. Uh, by the way, so like people think of Rwanda as um, a war-torn country. That was like several years ago, like over, like, you know, over a decade, a couple of decades ago. Rwanda is actually one of the nicest places to go, and like. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. Like I've had family members who traveled to Rwanda. It is like, you know, it is a, a hot, a nice destination. You know, you, you have a good time down there, over there. And so it's, you know, I've seen pictures. Like I thought, I thought I'd look at some, like a country, a city in like, you know, a country in Europe, but it was Rwanda. And so wow. they really, you know, they really bounced back from their civil war from like several decades ago. Um, and so, and Arsenal, um, the football team, they have they they're, they sponsor like they have like uh, travel to visit Rwanda sponsorship of um, of the country so Rwanda is really is is like that so J Cole uh, now J Cole I think he only had six points the first game he, he had and people like dogging him it's like all right well look here first of all he's living his dream playing professional basketball right yeah and so it's like what are you doing some of y'all the most y'all can do is go to like the rec in 2K <laughs> and live out your dream on 2K. At least this man actually, you know, obviously he has a resource out and he's very tall. And so he he's living his dream. So, you know, don't, don't knock the man because he's not putting up like Steph Curry numbers. That's so, the internet for you. Yeah, I can, yeah, the internet is just, you know, we'll get, we'll get to that later, but the internet is a mess. But I, I think this is J. Cole's best, out, best line, um, best body of work so far. And I mean, I'm just waiting for Kendrick to pop back up. It's like both of those guys got like they have children and like you know have their like significant others. So like again, they're grown men. You know, they're not they're not rapping about cars and you know clubs and all that stuff. And so it's just, and I think that's kind of like what attracted a lot of people to Kendrick and J Cole because they weren't talking about a lot of the, the mainstream hip hop stuff. Do you do you and, feel like? Kendrick and J. Cole are forever intertwined in their careers throughout their the, the remainder however long their rap careers continue are they forever intertwined yes mainly because of their style because of their style they're gonna always be in like a certain category they're not gonna be like the baby and little baby because those they're in their own they're on they're in their own category Please have better rap names. I'm sorry? I said, please have better rap names. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. Thank please. <laughs> the baby, Bobby, by the way, you know, the baby fell off so hard, man. It's like, it's like I know the I know the pandemic happened, but like he was always like, it seemed like every other day, like he's getting into trouble. He's slapping, slapping people around. I'm like, dude, you were like you were so hot last like last January. And like everybody was lining up for like, you know, all these concerts and stuff to go see you. And like, he fell off very fast. You know, he came out with that album, and like I think the entire album sounded the same. And so it's just like, all right, he just lost all the steam. You know, he had Carolina, he had Carolina on his back, hold on, on his back for a while as J Cole was like <laughs> on a hiatus, and now J Cole's back. So we'll see. We shall see. I am looking forward to Kendra. I want Kendra to pop back up. We need Kendra to pop back up. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll see. Keep applying that pressure. <laughs> <laughs>
So as we record this, both Darius and myself, Darius who's a Wizards fan, me who is a Hawks fan, are watching or have the basketball games in the background. The Wizards are playing the 76ers and the Hawks are playing the New York Knicks. So we're both very stressed out for different reasons. Um, but it's the NBA playoffs. We don't do too much sports on the show, but we're going to do a little sports here. And so, uh, Darius, how annoying is NBA Twitter and people who follow the NBA? I feel like, I feel like out of all the sports that, you know, the sports banter that's be online, I feel like NBA Twitter banter is some of the most annoying things I've ever witnessed. That second, second to um, international soccer, EPL, uh, they're actually very similar. I think they go hand in hand in their banter and like how annoying fans are about particular players, particular superstars, and their teams. Like it's they they go hand in hand. They're, they're, you know they're intertwined. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I, I think it is highly annoying. It's annoying on a on a scale of one to ten. It's definitely an eight to eight and a half, almost a nine at this point. And especially especially as you get into the playoffs, it makes it even worse. I think the thing that kills me about the NBA as compared to uh, let's say Major League Baseball or NFL is that there's 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 not enough people who are fans of teams. They're fans of the stars, and you know, you know, there's no, there's no commitment to those, to the teams. There's commitment to the stars as opposed to the teams. People, LeBron fans, are going to follow LeBron wherever he goes, whether he goes from Cleveland to Miami, from Miami to Cleveland, from Cleveland to Los Angeles. They're a LeBron fan, so they don't care what jersey he wears. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I've seen, I've witnessed it myself with with Russell Westbrook coming here. Uh, from you know from OKC to Houston to here Russell Westbrook bought a whole new flock of fans to become Wizards fans because they're fans of him and the initial you know if you're if you remember the initial reaction to Russell Westbrook being being traded here um, and John Wall being sent you know in exchange for him a lot of the Wizards fans were upset because obviously Wizards fans have an emotional attachment to John Wall John Wall has been here for 10 plus years. He basically grew up here, um, you know, throughout his NBA career and became, you know, went from a teenage boy to a man, <laughs> essentially here as a, as a, as a, as a Washington wizard member, you're going to have that emotional attachment to that player that's been with your franchise for that long. So of course the initial reaction is going to be, Oh my gosh, we, how could we do this? How could we give up John Wall? How could we trade for Westbrook? Westbrook's washed, which Westbrook numbers wise is not washed play on the court wise it was debatable you, you a lot of people had questions about whether Westbrook could still be the the triple double sensation that he had been so early on in the season it was a lot of that back and forth between Wizards fans and Russell Westbrook fans especially because Russell Westbrook was struggling a lot when he first got here come to find out he was injured he had torn he had uh I don't, I don't know if it was torn quads or if he had you know just like severely hurt injured quads but it, it turned out that he was hurt, and then as the season got got, uh, got along, he got healthier, and he started playing really good. And that's where the Wizards started coming back in their season and turning their season around from a well under 500 team to a close to 500 team, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and yeah. making their run to into the play-in tournament, officially locking the eighth seed as we got along. Uh, he he broke the triple doubles record. He. he he had a phenomenal season when you look back at it. He should hopefully be a, an all NBA player at the end of the day. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. bad, bad. Um, but it, it, just that, that battle alone, witnessing that battle throughout the season uh, is part of what you're talking about, how NBA fans are annoying because they're, they're, they're protective fans of their star of the stars, not the teams. I think that's what annoys me about it the most. Yeah. I, I will definitely piggyback on that. Um, like when I say NBA is like EPL and the English Premier League, when it comes to like star like stars in like Europe, it's like it's like all right, people know and they play they don't play in Europe, but like the Cristiano Ronaldo's, the Lionel Messi's, like they, they'll talk about fans who are this toxic 
are they are toxic and that's a global thing mm -hmm. that's not even just that's not the nba look here we, obviously we're in america we know the nba like lebron james like the biggest star like like one of the biggest stars in this country but he's not the biggest star in the world right and so and so a lot of time you got these, these these soccer players who are you know big names you know internationally and play for the teams you know all these different teams these well-known clubs and so like you know this the soccer season just about had ended already but like you got people going back and forth saying oh this team you know man use is trash oh liverpool's liverpool had like a horrible year in um defending their champion their title even though they had like a whole bunch of injuries and so you get the, all this nonsense going on the same thing with the nba you know but the nba to me is worse because people follow the star players and and like they follow no one else of, of just following like what's yeah. trendy so it's like all right if it's not a big market team they're not gonna watch it they don't care they have no idea what's going on in certain towns like they have like there's people who had no idea and i'll get to i get to my team in a second but they have no idea like you know the grizzlies who had to scrap their way into the uh, playoffs john morant where honestly the nba really wanted the warriors to get in because of steph because they're familiar and like the league is a business so, like they want familiar faces and that's cool and everything but like you know the war is not good and you know quite honestly the grizzlies were better a younger team you know yeah and they come from like memphis they're not in the bay area so like people are not gonna like be like they play on like you know well, I mean, they call it bali i think it's bali sports it used bali, to be bali sports bali sports so like they play in they play on Bally Sports South, so which plays like the Braves, the Hawks, and like every other team down south, you know, outside of like Florida, because they Florida got their own their own thing. But it's like, all right, people's not gonna be checking for those games. Those like teams like uh, the Grizzlies and the Hawks are not gonna get that much uh, national coverage, you know. And so, uh, for example, with the Hawks, uh, a lot of people, a lot of Knicks fans, a lot of the national media just say, oh, well, the New York Knicks are good. So they should take care of the Hawks in seven games. Or some people say they're going to sweep the Hawks. And well, you know, that, that's not happening. You know, because they took game one and, you know, they were complaining. They got the mayor of New York City complaining about Trey Young. And now the whole world hates Trey Young, apparently. Well, all of New York hates Trey Young. But it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, it's annoying because just say you don't, just say you're a casual fan and don't sit here and act like you're expert on the nba because if you're an expert on the nba you'll know a team like the hawks are not a one-man team they have a lot of good players and their team will also hurt most of the season and every time they play the knicks you know um the team was like they only probably had like eight available players on the team because everybody was injured also they had a hard they had a bad uh head coach that got fired midway through the season and they got nate mcmillan who saved the season you know, and you see this team playing really good right now. And so I rather people to say, look, yeah, I'm a casual. I don't really watch basketball like that. Cause I tell all the time, like, look, I'm not a basketball fan, you know? So I like, I know, you know, like I was surprised that the Grizzlies beat the Warriors in that playing game. But my buddy was like, yeah, you must be a casual. Alan, like, dude, you know, I don't watch basketball. Like, what are you talking about? You know this already. You know, this is not like, this is nothing new. We, we, we know this, we know I don't watch basketball. So it was like, you know, I feel, I do feel like the league, I mean, yeah, you want to still depend on Le LeBron and like, uh, you know, uh, James Harden and Brooklyn Nets and like Steph Curry, but eventually those guys gonna get old. And thankfully they have young stars on the rise. Like you got the Lucas, you got the John Morant, you got the Trey Youngs, you know, they got, they got someone, they got people on deck to push the league forward. Because remember when Jordan left, I mean it was like a they do like the strike, I think the nine nine strike or the, the lockout, and then there really wasn't anything going on for a couple of years. So Kobe had hadn't established himself just yet, and like uh, Allen Iverson really was just getting his groove. So they really didn't have like for those couple of years it was like weird without Jordan because the league all they had was Jordan. And like you know, the Barclays of the world—they all were getting old and all retiring. So that was a time period where like no one cared about basketball at all.
think I think generally the NBA fan, the uh, and we'll just talk the casual fan, obviously not the hardcore NBA fan. Uh, I want to say generally the casual NBA fan is the least educated fan of the four major sports. Would you, would you, what do you, cause, and it's, it's part, it's part, there's two parts to it. One is exposure. I don't think the NBA does a great job of exposing all, all of their teams as much as they should. You think about the they NFL. Don't. Yeah, they don't. You think about the NFL, the, every team gets a primetime game, no matter how good, bad, small, big market they are, whatever. Every, every NFL team gets a primetime game. It might not, it might just be a Thursday night game, but guess what? The, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be featured on Thursday night football. And they're going to be the only game on that night. And the whole world is going to watch because it's NFL football on a Thursday night. That's exposure. You know what I mean? Whereas the, the wizards or the Hawks, we didn't have any primetime games this year on ESPN. Not until late in the season. We got we got a couple yeah, late very, in the season very late where they the flexed season. us in because we, we ended up being a lot better than they thought we were gonna, that we were going to be. But here you're talking, you know, like throughout the season, where were we? We were on the, the most exposure we got was NBA TV, which half it's, the nation probably doesn't even have access to. Yeah, it's the, you know? yeah, in hell and and to mention, like I know you're, I know the. 76 in the Wizards is on NBA TV right now. Correct. The Hawks will be on NBA TV if they weren't playing the New York Knicks. Right. You're playing the Knicks, so of course they're so, going to have y'all yeah, on, it, on yeah. TV. And so, and so, and so that's kind of like the issue. You're absolutely right. Because even with, I want to say, even with like, like MLB, um, and, and I think I agree with everything you said because the NBA really only focused on big stars and like big markets to promote. Um, their um, like the like the games exposure. So like, yeah, I mean they're gonna play. They're gonna show Milwaukee, but they're gonna show Milwaukee because of Giannis. The minute the minute Giannis leaves Milwaukee, they're no longer showing Milwaukee. <laughs> I can't, so I can't remember seeing Bucks games on TV before before Giannis was there. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 yeah, and, and, it's, and it's like, and that's my point. It's like you know, it's so star driven, and like whoever the people. Um, crown the next star. So like obviously Dallas like, has Luca. So like Luca and like Dallas were getting a lot of national coverage over the last you know you know you know year and a half. And right from I mean, so even, Luka, even Luka's, before Luka's, Luka's, even before Luca they had Dirk. So I mean, I mean Dallas yeah, they, has always been a national attention team for the yeah, most part. But but with Luca is like because I mean look Dirk is fantastic, but Dirk isn't the way the craze the craze over Luca is a different. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I agree. I agree. And so that's that's what I would say with that, you know. But it's like again, like John Morant and the Grizzlies don't get that much airtime. It's like it's like you they have it have to be like John Morant and like another strong team in they gotta be playing playing a team that's a, from a big right. market. If they if they were playing if they were playing the, the, uh, the, the Pelicans because they got Zion Williamson, they'll put them on TV then. Yeah, yeah, they put yeah, it on because right. for Zion. And, and and to be honest, I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, uh, New Orleans, what are you doing? Because you had Anthony Davis all those years, and y'all just wasted his time there. And now y'all get now the league give y'all Zion, and what are y'all doing? Because guess what, John Morant is in the playoffs. Trey Young's in the playoffs. What's the deal? And you can't say the West is that bad because John Morant and the Grizzlies are in the West. So what's y'all excuse? Like what's your excuse? And so yeah, it's, it's, New and Orleans got to whip it in shape real quick because everybody you know, in his draft class in, in the top five of his draft class made the playoffs so far and he hasn't. Yeah, in, like even on DeAndre Aiden from on the class of uh, Luca and Trey, mm-hmm. he's in the playoffs. You know, the only per- now look here. If you're a second one of Kings fan and you pick Marvin Bagley the third, ouch, ouch. And then and people talk about people talk about Trey Young and Luca and the Trey whatever. People don't talk enough about the don't talk enough about the uh, Sacramento Kings because they picked Marvin Bagley. Well, the the Kings pick top five to to seven or eight every year, and I mean they uh, haven't been close to the playoffs to yeah. like, for the most part. So, so I mean that's on that's on them, I guess. They they yeah. need to get better coaching, better play, whatever it is. But 
it, uh, but, yeah. but again, that's a young, that's a team with a lot of young talent that is rarely on national TV. They never get any kind of exposure. How's yeah, anybody it, ever going to know them or respect them if they're never nationally put on television? If they're not nationally televised, like, and like, I'll say this and, you know, we'll, we'll be done with this. Like, for example, everybody being, like, I'm not sure how this game, game two is going to go with the Hawks and Knicks. I don't know. But game, after game one, so many Knicks fans were so upset and like, you know, and like complaining about Trey Young and, and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, Trey Young beat you on the last play. But the, the whole team is good. The Hawks is, have a really good team. They have a very solid lineup. The team y'all were playing in the regular season was injured. They had a bad coach. The team was dis- disorganized. This is not the same team y'all were playing. Like when I think Julius Vandal was like, yeah, I hope we play the Hawks because we beat them every time uh, we played them. Yeah, in the regular season. With a team in the team in a team that wasn't fully healthy, the team's fully healthy now. Now let's see how y'all play it. And so, uh, but it just goes to show like people don't really follow. It's okay to say you don't follow. You follow your team. And you don't follow what goes on outside of the league. It's okay to say that. Don't just don't make such foolish statement. Whereas like, uh, I think I think I heard someone say something. One of the Knicks fans say like, oh, when they go down to like State Farm Arena in Atlanta, it's gonna be like. MSG South. I was like, look here. That's I said, look here. I was like, now in the past, in the past, yes, but like the team's bad. Yeah, no one's gonna show up in Atlanta. But I'm telling you right now, it's not gonna be MSG South. They're gonna be in for, not a, for a playoff series. It's not yeah, exactly not for a, a regular play- season game. Sure, not for yeah, a playoff series. Not for right. a playoff series. Not that's not that's not how it's gonna play out. And you're gonna if you believe that you're gonna be in for a rude awakening. And the Knicks players and their fans are gonna be in for a rude awakening because that place it's going to be lit a place is going to be hostile you know mm-hmm. and so um and like new york city got stars while atlanta got stars too yeah. and, and see that brings me and, to my other point and I, when i say stars when i say stars i mean celebrities you know oh yeah y'all got the celebs down there yeah, but that so. brings me to my other point about just again exposure at least in in baseball you play you play every team in your league in a in a three or four game series so that gives you exposure to that team and getting to lo- know that team in in um I, I would say g- generally hockey fans are pretty educated overall uh about you know what's going on in their divisions and throughout their conference for the most part uh same thing with the nfl you play you play your uh, division teams uh you know six times a year you play your division six times a year uh, you usually you play them toward the end of the season uh, or, or excuse me, you play a block of them towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Whereas the NBA, the way their schedule is, play, is spread out so much that <laughs> there's just not enough exposure to the other teams to allow fans to be more educated on, oh, this team actually is pretty good. Oh, they do have a couple of stars. Oh, they can ball and hang out with, uh, hang with us. It's just, it's just a weird dynamic that the NBA has. And, I don't know what they can do to fix it aside from put more exposure on their, on their teams, but the, the, the networks aren't going to care. ESPN wants LeBron versus Steph. ESPN wants Dame versus uh, Jokic, you know, TNT wants Jason Tatum versus uh, Jimmy Butler. They, you know, they don't, they don't want, <laughs> they don't want the lower tier stars. It's it just, it's just, unfortunately it's the, it's, it's the nature of it. And I guess all you can say is it is what it is because I don't know how it's going to change. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'm not sure how. Yeah, you you, you took the words out of my mouth. You know, the thing is, it, it won't change. Yeah, that's the problem because they found it. It works for business. It's worked like it's about the bottom dollar, and that's kind of how they want to go about it. The only way, the only way that would not change is somehow, and it also doesn't help that like you know, a lot of teams are. A lot of players are formerly super teams also. So that doesn't help me either. Uh, if the super team thing came to an end, I can see, like, that's why I respect Bradley Bill for the most part. Like, Bradley Bill decided to stick with Washington. He could have gone anywhere. Damian Lillard. There, there yeah. are a few guys in the league that are like that, that are committed. I mean, you could say Giannis is like that now, the way he committed to Milwaukee, because he definitely didn't have to. He could have upped and rolled and – any of these teams need, you know, would any of these big market teams would have thrown all the bag that they wanted at, at Giannis, but he said, nope, this is the team that drafted me. It's the city that loves me. I'm going to stick it out with this team for the next five years. There's a few, you know, there are a few stars in the league that are like that. They don't get rewarded for it at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, they don't, they you know. 
and then you got to deal with people online talking, acting like they're <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith don't even watch all these games. He's just, no gosh, like, please don't get me started. So a few weeks ago, uh, while we were on a little brief hiatus, uh, Darius and I uh, went to a Nats game. It was Nats Braves. Um, shout out to Kelly Collis of Wilfund DC for hooking us up with some tickets. So very nice um, seats also. Yes, but, uh, yes. You know, and it was the first time I saw you. Uh, like I think it's been over, well, it definitely over a year since I last saw you in person. Oh, wow. Yeah, it yeah. actually has been, oh, <laughs> it has been over a year. Because we, cause we were still doing, because before the pandemic, we were, do, we were still doing the episodes in our studio, in our very lavish studio, which I do miss. Um, so much. But but yeah, that was the first time we've seen each other. And so, and at that point, I believe I've, I've, I got my first shot. I think, I, I think at that point I had my first vaccine. Um, you did, because you texted me. You was like, oh my God, do I need to bring my vaccination card? Yeah. I left my vaccination card. I'm like, oh, you, don't, <laughs> you don't need your vaccination card to get into the stadium. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I tell you what, like, it's been a long time since we've been out there. And like, it was just one, because I know you still you still work down down there. I, I don't anymore. But I was amazed to see how much uh, Navy Yard changed around the stadium, like all those buildings that were, all those apartments that were getting built to, for that World Series are now fully built and fully operational. And they got a whole bunch of like bars and like froyo spots on the walkway from like the Metro to like the stadium. I'm like, wow, when did this happen? Yeah, that anybody that's uh, familiar with going to a Nationals game knows that the a big part of arriving to the stadium is walking down half street straight up to the, uh, to the center field gate. And, yeah, it's it's a completely different experience walking down Half Street than it was before. It's it's really cool how much they've put down there, and there's more to come. Honestly, there's there's they just finished putting up uh you know a, one of the buildings on the corner there, and they're gonna open up shops underneath of that building. So there's gonna be a lot of like more retail shops, restaurants, bars. It's it's a it's a hell of an experience that they 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 built down there in the Navy Yard. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean you know you know. We talk about gentrification a lot, um, but that that is that works in a positive way. I, I, th- I think so. I think yeah, it's, in a positive it's, way, around yeah. the stadium compared to where the stadium opened up, there was nothing out there. It was exactly. a ghost town. Yeah, you know, and so I, I like what they did with um, the surrounding area. But uh, you know, I tell you what, when we went to the game. Um, of course, we had to have our mask on, <clears throat> and like we was just kind of like it was just weird because even when we used to like you know work at with like the little red box for the sports station uh that we used to work for it was like it was weird seeing like some of the stuff that we would do during a regular like working a regular NAS game you know and it was it was very nostalgic it was almost surreal because like at least for me it's like well that that point of time is now over that era is over and there was a little bit of sadness when I walked past like you know our little booth and I'm like oh man it's like regardless of what happens moving forward, it's like, at least for me, that chapter is done. You know, and so um, it was cool. I think how many people? It was like what, maybe fifteen percent uh, at, at, at the time. I, I forget what the capacity number it was, but um, at maybe the time, eight, it, it, I, th- I think the total number of people was ten thousand that they could have, and I think that night the final attendance number was like. Eight something, yeah, yeah, eight, eight something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which, to be honest, in a stadium that can hold thirty five thousand plus, uh, forty two, excuse me, uh, it, eight eight thousand is not much at all. I mean, it was, it, but but it felt good because the crowd was happy, active. Um, I was I was annoying. There's there's to tell you, I was annoying oh, when there was like <laughs> when when there was like I think that grand slam. I was very annoying. Uh, if you follow us on the Yap account on IG, I posted a few, uh, you know, videos like for like, in the story and just like, I was a, I was just embarrassing. I was embarrassing myself. So obnoxious. I was embarrassing. I was embarrassed. We were sitting. We were sitting next to a nice, lovely uh, couple that was just sitting there trying to enjoy their Nationals baseball, and here we have this buffoon next to me, 
yelling, talking about, yeah, take a selfie, the Ronald Acuna. Uh, yeah. First of all, that's Ozuna, Zuna who takes selfies. Let's get this. Make sure. Let's make sure we get that right. But you know, it was, it was one of those stupid race <laughs> players. But no, it was. I, I tell you what, it was so much. It was a lot, a lot of fun. And like as we, as we both know, like you know, I think DC's going to open up things in to full capacity in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, June eleventh. You know, eleventh first, uh, first game dates that'll be allowed to have one hundred percent capacity. So it's like you know we we're getting down. We're getting again. It's like I will never take for granted. You know, being outside around a group of people ever again because what we experienced like the past year just with like the pandemic alone is like i didn't think we could find us i couldn't imagine us being a scenario where we'll be back to this point you know mm-hmm. and if, and to be honest i thought it would probably take at least till 2022 you know at the very least but we're, we're like in 2021 and like we're on the verge of um getting back in business i know some other states have been back in business for <laughs> other states have been back in business since like october like <laughs> Texas is like catch up, buds. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> um, but you know, it felt really good, you know. Um, so I'm 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 excited for I'm excited to one go back to the bullpen. I was very happy to see the bullpen back open. I was very I because the bullpen, for those who don't know, is like where everybody can hang out at and like you know, have beers um before the game or during the game. But you don't the way it was set up in the past, like there was no TV in the actual bullpen. And it's the bullpen that to describe it is like a whole bunch of old freight um, surrounding yeah. like this little area. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and around the area is like all these high rises now. They actually, they added the TV screen the year that we went to the World Series. Oh, they, they, permanently? Added, they added, yeah, they permanently had added it that year. Okay, okay. Yeah, because it's basically I- been there since. Because I was like, well, that stinks if you can't come spending money to drink, buy like buy food and like, buy alcohol. But it stinks that I can't sit back and watch the game because I can't go to the game. And so I always thought that was kind of a messed up thing where it's like, all right, you got people who are dressed in Nats gear or whatever teams team gear and they can't watch the game because there's no TV in the, you know, the bullpen. You know, I think the last time, I think they did it for uh, the All-Star game. My yeah. buddy and I mm-hmm. went down there, and they had like they, we would hang out at the bullpen, and like, and, like we you know watch the game from there. Yeah, uh, so they do it. I, they do it for Caps games and stuff like that too. Um, yeah, you know they open on a random on a random Thursday night for a, a Caps game or a Wizards game. So at best, you know, yeah, so they, yeah. they make good usage out of it. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing. I know I'm not sure it would be there forever, but that would be something that I hope they can keep as long as possible. Because if not, where else are they gonna? They got they got to find something for people to go to. You know, because like, is there's no, there's no cover charge. You just walk up, show your ID, and like, you know, put a wristband on, and you know, go to the vendors and, and like the different um, food trucks and have a good time. Yeah, it would be a shame to lose that. I mean, the folks that have known that area for a long time or have been going to Nationals games for you know over the last ten years, they know that the bullpen actually used to expand all the way down to the center field gate. It used to be a large large area with uh in which the bullpen was I, th- yeah. I believe the official name was the half street fairgrounds and then it eventually changed to the bullpen um but the yeah to lose that would, would would suck a lot but at the same time again with all this development and growth of these restaurants and bars that are in that area walter sports 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 bar and gatsby and uh the that new atlas uh draft house uh that they have there it, there's there's definitely a lot of options that are kind of flooding that area there's buffalo wild wings down there uh there's bars on the other side of m street there's definitely gonna be things to do if you lose the bullpen but i do think the bullpen is the most unique experience of all the things that are down there yeah definitely and definitely look forward to going to a few more games down there and actually hanging out at the bullpen um i know when i know when we went down at the bullpen the way it was set up was like everybody had to sit at these picnic benches, which is not really something that you want to do when you at the bullpen. You just want to hang around, and be around the crowd, and like and, and mix and mingling. So with the um, with the, I guess they've come back to full capacity. Probably they'll probably be very much more lenient on having people have like a side seats, like it's like a cafeteria, and like actually be free yeah. to do what you want to do. So. 
uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see how it plays out this summer. Uh, but yeah, so that's episode uh, 96. 96. You know, um, Derek, where can they follow you at? I can be followed at the underscore game 836 on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram, and as well on Twitch, which I'll be streaming right after we finish recording the show. Since the Wizards suck and they're already off the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Hawks are currently losing by one point at the end of third at the end of the third quarter. So the yeah, I was quarter just looking be- in the background and I saw they were showing crowd shots and the crowd was like going crazy. So I figured that meant that they took the lead. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, so it's going to come down to the third, you know, the fourth quarter and we'll see how it plays out. But in the in the meantime, you can follow uh, us at yes, another podcast at Gmail. You can email us at yes, another podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at yes, another pod and on IG, yes, another podcast. You can follow my personal account at that Redalos on IG and Twitter. And so for me, and there's until next time we are out peace